Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. good to be back with you on this lovely Sunday morning and I hope you've had a great week. Um, We are in week two of our Get Stoked series and last week we heard a brilliant message from Amanda uh, about belonging. So if you haven't uh, listened to that yet or you haven't watched it yet, I want to encourage you to do that because I know you'll be blessed and encouraged. So, we have uh, what we call fire pit nights at our house, the Marshall House, and uh, I hope anyone out there have a fire pit. It's great to have a fire pit in Canberra in winter to stay warm. So, fire pit night at our house goes a little bit like this. We have Paul and usually Gareth and Huddy, our four-and-a-half-year-old grandson, you know, get all the, the fire pit ready and put in the, um, the wood and we find cardboard, we raid the recycling bin, that goes in, the fire starts, we're all there um, and if the fire pit wall, the fire pit's about this big and it's about that high and if, if it's about that high, if Nate's over, then the flames are usually twice as high as the fire pit wall, they're way up there because that's the way he likes fire to be and our 20 month old grandson Leo looks at the fire and says danger and we go yep that's right danger and uh, we sit around and talk and then Em says oh my gosh I've melted my shoe you know it's just all happening if Zach's there he throws in just a few words not too many he's a man of few words and I sit there and it's a great night And then they leave, the kids and the grandkids. And they leave Paul and I there, out there under the stars, beautiful, clear Canberra nights, beautiful fire. The front of you is beautiful and warm. The back of you is freezing. You know, what could be better in Canberra? A nice glass of red. And we we sit there in the silence and we wait for the fire pit to, for the fire to go out. And while we're waiting for the fire to die down. We notice that the further the coals are away from the fire, the faster they go out. And when the coals go out, they are no longer fit for purpose. I wonder how many people are making decisions during this COVID period that are taking them further away from their purpose, from their call, and from their destiny. I want to sound an alarm a little this morning. I want to stand up and say, hey, everyone, take notice of the decisions you are making during this time because what we are living through is not something we've navigated before. And it's quite possible that you are being affected by what is happening around you in ways that you may not have realized. And this is affecting how you are thinking and the decisions that you are making. If you're finding yourself shrinking your life, and by that I mean, if you are thinking things like, I think I'm going to do less of those things that I used to do 
the things that help others and, and bless others. And maybe they take me uh, a little bit out of my comfort zone and, and are a little bit uncomfortable for me because it's not as convenient or comfortable as staying at home, which is what we're doing a lot at the moment, staying here in my home because here I can access all that I need for me. That may not be exactly what you're thinking, but, but you get the idea. Please don't buy into the lie that the Christian life can be lived in isolation because it can't. We are better together. And that is the title of my message today. Please don't buy into the lie that life is simply about doing whatever we want because it simply isn't. The Christian life was never meant to be lived in isolation. It is to be lived in community. The Christian life is, is not about doing whatever I want and living to please me. It's about chasing after what God has put each of us on this earth to do. Knowing that this life is just, it's merely a dress rehearsal for the real thing, which is eternity, which is going to last for eternity. It's going to last for forever. We don't even, we don't even, can't even get our minds around that. But that's the real thing. 1 Corinthians 9, 25 to 26 says this, All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. You gym goers, are you back at the gym again? I'm not a gym goer. I exercise at home. I exercise outside in the freezing weather. I went for a run this week. It was minus 4.6 and it was cold. But I know some people who were just hanging out, hanging out to get back to the gym. They were so excited when the gyms were reopening. They couldn't wait to get back there because they understand the value of disciplining and exercising their body. And it has value. It's important. I'm committed to doing it. But our bodies are going to wear out. Our bodies are going to fade away. That scripture tells us that we are here on earth for a cause and a purpose. We are living for an eternal cause and purpose. And the Apostle Paul reminds us in this verse that we are to live our lives with that purpose in mind, with every single step that we take. He said it like this, so I run with purpose in every step. Our race is not a race to test the fastest pace. Who's glad about that? We don't need to tear around as if this race is to the swiftest. It's not. This race is about whether we've chosen to run on the path he has especially marked out for us. He has especially marked out a path for you. Will you run away or will you run with purpose? Because I get the feeling that some of you who are listening today, you are thinking and wondering and pondering about whether you should just run away. That's the wrong kind of running. I want to look you in the eye this morning and say, don't run away. Run with purpose. You don't have to run fast. In fact, you actually need to, to simplify. You need to get rid of some weights that are, that are um, really pulling you down. 
Can I encourage you this morning to to read through Hebrews 12 where it tells us to run with endurance the race that Christ has set before us, keeping our eyes fixed on him, letting go of the weights that can hold us down. Don't run away, run with purpose, run with purpose. When COVID happened, everything stopped and we all got to take a breath. We all had to stop, whether we wanted to or not. The introverts thought, hallelujah, The extroverts started bouncing off the walls after a few hours or maybe a few weeks. I think having to stop was one of the good things that has come out of of this time. We all got to, as I said, take a breath, to stop rushing around, to slow down, and maybe even realise that some of the things we were rushing around doing were unnecessary or not the best or needed to change. I read this amazing book about a week ago, uh, a week, about a month ago. See, I don't even know what time it is. About a month ago called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And wow, what a great book. It really changed me. It changed my outlook. It changed me forever. But it hasn't stopped me from running with purpose in every step, the race that God has put before me. Let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. Not everything that we were doing pre-COVID was bad or wrong. And there are some things that we need to get back to. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Let's not neglect meeting together. It's important that we meet together, church, as a family, as a community, so that we can encourage each other, especially if we're not in a group. Now, I understand that for health reasons, some people should not be coming back to church when we open our doors, and I absolutely understand that, but that's not everyone. And you know, when you, you, can, you can listen to great messages anywhere, anytime, anyplace. You don't need to come into a church building to do that. But you know what? There's a lot more to church and being, uh, and being in a meeting together than listening to a message. You know, I think of the corporate worship. And, and, and when you come, you bring something and you add something to the, the corporate worship just by being here, just by, by opening your heart and the presence of God comes and all together we experience something that is glorious that we can't get when we're by ourselves. That corporate worship, that corporate presence, we don't get it. We can get the presence of God, yeah. But not, only, but, but not the corporate presence of God. And, and then the real meeting, which is the meeting after the meeting, which is the, the, the community that we get to hang out and talk to people. You know, that, that you can't get that sitting by yourself and looking at a screen. Let's remember why we're here. We are here to see people come to Christ. We are here to serve others and use our gifts in this place. Galatians 5, 13 to 14 says, for you have been called to live in freedom. Who's glad about that? I'm so glad about that, my brothers and my sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. What a 
wonderful passage of scripture. We have been given freedom. We are called to live free. But our freedom has not been given to us so that we can just do whatever we want. No. So that we can just please our own selfish desires. So that we can just live to please ourselves and and our own ambitions. No, that's not what we were given freedom for. Radical Individualism is rampant in our society today. It's all about me. It's about me pleasing myself and don't tell me what to do. You're not the boss. I'm living for me. You know, that is the most lonely and unfulfilling way to live. I can guarantee you it will never bring true happiness or freedom to your life. We have been given freedom so that we can serve each other in love. That's what that scripture says. We are free so that we can help and serve and love others. Because it's when we give our life away that we find it. That's what the Bible says. The most fulfilled and happy people I know are the ones who are living to help others and serve others and to give out to others. As I've already said, we're better together. One thing that has been really disrupted and impacted, impacted during COVID is community and togetherness. Community and togetherness are are so important for our health and well-being. Isolation has hit hard and it's not good for us. It's not good for our sense of community. It's not good for our mental health. It's not good for our well-being. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 10 and verse 12 says this. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two, standing back to back, can conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Right there we see just a beautiful picture of community and togetherness. Not sameness, Amanda talked about that last week, but togetherness. Isolation and aloneness are not good. Being with others is better. Two are better than one. Why? Because they can help each other succeed. I'm here to help you succeed. You're here to help me succeed. We need each other. We are better together. And it goes on, that scripture goes on to give examples. If one person is down, the other can help them up. If one person is attacked, the other can defend them. They, you know, they can pray for you, make you a meal, send you an encouraging text, call you and see how you are, get together with you, show you that you are seen. All of those things only happen when we're together. The radical individualism that we see in our society has rejected community because for community to work, we need to realise that we need each other and let others in and give out to others. The answer to our problems is not to just focus on ourselves. That road leads to a dead-end street, and it will not bring fulfillment to our lives. So what will, you may be asking. I'm glad you did. Every single person on this planet needs to feel certain things for them to thrive and feel fulfillment in life. They are. You need to feel that you belong. And we talked about that last week. You need to feel your life has meaning and purpose. You need to feel that people see you and value you. And that you've got a future that makes sense. 
You know, you can't get any of that in isolation. None of it. It just doesn't happen. You can't get any of that by yourself. You can't get any of that by just looking at a screen. Now, I've used this illustration before, but I'm going to use it again because it's the truth. I was listening to a TED talk last year sometime, and I apologize, I can't remember who, was, who the speaker was, but this guy was talking about a study that was done in the UK uh, with some people who were isolated and therefore feeling anxious and depressed. The people in the study were asked to come and meet together regularly as a group. But the, organizer, they, the, the organizers, they said to them, we are not going to meet as a group for you to talk about how miserable you are. We are going to meet regularly as a group so that we can talk about something meaningful that you can do together so you can feel like your life has meaning. And that's what they did. They decided to start a community garden. And in the process, the people involved started to form friendships. And as the relationships formed, they began to become a tribe, a group. And they started to care for each other. If someone didn't show up, someone else would call them and ask them how they were. They would follow them up. And amazingly, all by itself, that caused a fall in the depression and the anxiety in all the members of the group. As they served each other, their needs were met. It wasn't actually about the garden. It was about the community. That, the community that was formed while they were working on the garden and this guy I was listening to said something I found so interesting. He said, we say to people, you just need to be you. You just need to, to, to be yourself, which is true. But in this, con in this context, we shouldn't say that. Don't be you, singular. Don't be yourself alone and isolated. Be us. Be we. Be together. Be part of a group. Be part of a community. You know, Jesus taught us to pray. When he taught the disciples to pray, he didn't say, pray this way, my Father. He said, pray this way, our Father. Because Jesus knew the power of community, the power of a group, the power of a tribe. He lived in one his entire ministry, 12 disciples and then the three, Peter, James and John. The solution to isolation doesn't rely on you drawing more and more on your resources as an isolated individual. It relies on you reconnecting to others and reconnecting with something that is bigger than you. You may not even realize that you need it, but I tell you, once you do it, you will go, oh my gosh, that's what I was missing. So let's get stoked. Let's get in the fire together. We need each other and our city needs us to show them who Jesus really is. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.